0: It's Craggy Island Rugby, the Welsh edition. More intellectually for the game against the Scarlets today. What's your feelings on this one, Rob?
1: I think Connick have a bit of a chance. Conditions seem to be a little bit clear and dry. Anyways, heavy on the foot. We've been chatting some of the conic management beforehand, though. What have they been saying?
0: Yeah, I was talking to Jimmy Duffy, yeah, he said that the pitch, is, it looks okay, but it's he reckons it's going to break up a little bit, but nowhere near as bad as last week, and we should get a little bit more top-of-the-ground type rugby this week from two teams who scored an awful lot of tries this season.
1: Can't work out from the warm-up who looks sharper, but uh, it's kind of a little bit of a tone in both sides that there's a bit of nerves. I think there's a lot on this. Ledley lost seven from nine, we've lost three in a row, so that's been well documented. Lots of media here, uh, because... Both sides are going so well. And, uh, yeah, we'll just have to see how it pans out. I think of have a good chance, but you've got to believe eventually somehow the Scarlets will find a way to win this because they're due a win. But uh, hopefully Connor can really push them. And if they're in with a chance, hopefully they can take that chance.
0: OK, Rob, it's half-time, we didn't get to talk on 20 minutes, but um, 10 points to treat the conduct, it's going very well.
1: We felt good coming into this, but we just felt history dictates and and even the early season former Clenetly dictated that it probably, it probably might be just a step too far for us to win here. Now you look at it and you think, 10-3 up, Kind should be 17, maybe more up. Referee to blame, maybe ourselves to blame a little bit as well. Certainly at the end there, we botched a chance right at the end, or certainly didn't uh, didn't show composure when he needed to. Is this turning into a must-win now? I
0: well, certainly at this stage, the amount of chances we have and the dominance that we're showing means that you know we really should look at getting um, the full four points out of this, yeah. putting us into second place in the league, and you know kicking on with a chance to, to you know take these guys back into the sports ground at the end of the year and, and really have a chance of being top four, never mind top six. Okay, Rob, uh, bit of disappointment there 21 points to Scarlet's 19 to Connacht a game that we dominated in a lot of areas but couldn't quite put away
1: yeah I'm just seeing uh, Paul Williams on Twitter there the esteemed rugby right over here saying uh, gutsy from the Scarlet's what a win and like it's rare that uh, you'll see the term gutsy with a home win for a Welsh side over a Connacht team but it was gutsy from the Scarlet's uh, you know before we say anything else about referees or TMOs or any of that kind of call I think their second half effort was outstanding and they have every right to go home and not be thinking about some injustices against Connick because they've dug out two lovely tries one in the corner brilliantly finished and another super score uh, from from set up by King and finished by Mike Collins and you know that's what earned them the win
0: it is, you know, Conic will be disappointed. They're playing some cracking rugby. They're, they're, you know, playing great territory and possession, but they're they're just not quite able to turn it. Again, this X factor that they're missing, and you know, I'd always turn around the, the major X factor player that we have is Robbie Henshaw, and he's not there now. Ma- Matt Healy did some brilliant stuff today. Um, it was very hard to find out anyone who didn't play anyway particularly well, but um, you know, you come away, you dominate territory and possession, you make enough line breaks, you make enough offloads to win a game and it doesn't quite come off um, a couple of as you say a couple of decisions went against this you'd like to hope to think that you know the players look at this and realise that they're doing everything right it's only going to be a matter of time before it turns around for them
1: yeah but the problem is in sport what happens when a team loses four in a row doing everything right they start to force it it starts to break the momentum and it can really turn against you Scarlets at home in two games time uh, to be honest like oh, Dave is going on to go mental at home when I say this but I don't care about Europe I really don't this is everything this Pro 12 Newport comes off to that two weeks after that then Sebrey away three games the Connacht are going to have to try and win
0: yeah, the only thing you'd say about Europe is that it gives us a chance to get back winning again. Get that winning feeling, get that bit of yeah, yeah, agree you know with that. Yeah, agree get with that. get that bit of chance to, you know, come in with a winning feeling. Scarlets are gonna have two very tough games in the Heineken Cup. They'll probably lose both of them. If they do lose both of them, they're coming to us with only one win in seven, I think it is, or eight, um where we could be on the back of two victories, which would give us the momentum to go ahead and actually put them away. And you know, on this performance from Connacht, you'd expect them to put them away when they get them back to the sports ground.
1: Post game section of the podcast.
0: We're in Frankie and Benny's.
1: Lots of kids here for a kids' party down the way. We had to put. We had to go down in the corner.
0: We did indeed. We did indeed. But we needed to get something to eat because we're starving.
1: Okay, so we're going to order, folks. And while the noise continues to go, hopefully, we're quieter when we get back after the game. We we got a bit of a Kilenetically voice. A little post game chat in the press room. Rob Lloyd's with us at Wales Evening Post Rob thanks for joining us in the post game podcast Alan's with us as well uh, I was just saying uh, I remember you coming over to Connacht Games about 13, 14 years ago uh, you're, you're a long standing Pro 12 reporter I've right?
2: been doing these games for a long time now and uh, yeah it's, uh, there's always some great contests between Connacht and the Scarlets over the years and uh, this was another one
1: we remember in the Celtic Cup game when we came over here with Mark McHugh. Won. We, I don't know, were you at, at that one? <laughs> I,
2: was, I, was, I remember I'm yeah, one at Strady Park and uh, in 2004. I remember seeing Connacht win over there in, uh, in 2004. Yeah. I think the last time yeah. they won internationally, yeah. so that was uh, that was a great win there. I remember. It was
1: that. a 33-all draw in there as well. I don't it was, know I yeah. One? There was
2: some great contests. In, you know, <laughs> and, and, the, and the scarlets. Uh, packed full of internationals that day, I remember, and Connor came down and just did a real job, I remember. Just this sense of silence around Straty Park, absolutely stunned at the result, you know.
1: Hey, what's this ground like? Myself and Alan chat about it a little bit, and uh, I'll bring you in the second, Alan, but, like, like we miss Straty Park because we're traditionalists. Like, do, do you guys miss it here?
2: Yeah, in a way. I mean, you could sense why the move happened. Obviously, there's a lot of things going on financially at the time, and, uh, and, and, and the move needed to happen, really, in terms of, of moving the, the region on financially. It's, it's a shame, really, because... 15,000 capacity here it's very rarely sold out only for the Ospreys games so um you get eight thousand, and it's so, all you know, just over half full most of the time, and that's an average crowd. You know, and so yeah, I mean, the, 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 the Stradi had its own atmosphere, and uh, it had a great atmosphere as well. Mm-hmm. It's some fantastic European nights, and obviously, the touring games as well. That you, you know, always be remembered, and always talked about, uh, fans, down here.
1: Fans on the pitch at half time, yeah, great stuff. Exactly. Loved it. Was, it. It,
2: was, it, was, it was proper old school. It was,
0: yeah. It was. Yeah, and, but is it also the fact that Strady was walking distance from the town. Yeah, it,
1: was, yeah. Yeah. It, was, it
0: was in yeah. the same way the, the sports ground was walking distance mm-hmm. from the city. And it just brings in that extra. And it, you know, I remember there was, there was one game. I can't remember exactly who we were playing, but we were winning at half time. Uh, the half by half time, the place had almost doubled in size at fans because they realised yeah. Conor were winning a game, and they just walked in from town. It's not right. something you can do here because you're a little bit too far away.
2: It is. Yeah, it's a little bit out of town, and so the scholars had a sort of. Build a new a, a new fan base, as it works. You had the, all the old boys used to go down the stradi and have their regular seats and everything, and they sort of lost a few of those fans along the way. But what they've done here, and it's just fantastic. They have got a real vibrant young fan base here. You know, the kids still play at half time tag rugby and things like that, and uh, they really get. They, you know, they go out in the community and lot of, do a lot of good work to get the fans coming here from a young age. You know, yeah, and certainly
0: there was definitely more people here. Today than there was the last time I was here, which I think was about three, maybe four years ago. Mm, yeah. and I think there was only about three thousand people at the match. I think it was nearly six thousand tonight. Yeah, today, yeah,
2: it's pretty. I mean, six, seven, eight thousand. That you know, they, it's all about success. isn't it if The scarlets can keep building, staying near the top of the table, the fans will come. You know, and uh, yeah, hopefully fingers crossed they can stay where they are and uh, you know keep pushing towards those playoffs. It's
1: amazing. they go top, but they had lost seven of nine coming in. So mm. how do you kind of reconcile all that? How good is this Scarlets team? Oh,
2: it's a huge, it's a huge, huge victory for the scarlets. Because over the last few weeks they've had some, they've had a horrendous injury list. Yeah. They've lost some really tight games against, obviously the Ospreys and Blues in particular. Which you know, the Os- losing a home game against the Ospreys is always hard to take for the Scarless fans and the players particularly. You know, and uh, they needed this win desperately there today. And obviously it, it, at, at half-time, it, it didn't look as if it was going to happen. You could sense the uneasiness among the crowd and then with 10 minutes to go you could you could just feel the crowd lift and you could f- sense how important the game was to them you know so
1: do you think the pro 12 12- this is a big season for the Pro 12 do you think like with everything kind of coming together nicely with a couple of teams like the Scarlets mm-hmm. and Connacht maybe busting a trend a little mm-hmm. bit and being up there do you think this is a season where it could really really capture the imagination more than it has done in the past
2: I think what this season is doing is perhaps we might see a big big name casualty who, who might not make the, the mm-hmm. Champions Cup next year because Edinburgh are on, are on a good run at the moment and so if they keep that going the Scarlets and Connacht stay where they are. Oh, there's going to be a big name who's not going to make the Champions Cup next year and that that hasn't been the case in the past. What you find, you, you got your familiar faces have always made, you know, the top four really. So it's nice to see scarlets and connacht who were battling, of course, for for champions' cup qualification last season. Actually, pushing for the playoffs
1: last year, we were well beaten. Here, the connacht impressed you more today. Yeah,
2: definitely. I mean, um, they looked a better side for long periods today, particularly uh, in attack. Um, hugely impressed with uh, with Healy on the wing, the way he took his try, and uh, you know he was, he was so close to getting that second. It would have been a brilliant finish if he'd have, if he'd have managed to dab the ball down there in the corner. But um, yeah, Phil Phil silly. Yeah. in cost Connacht. I think there was, mm. it was, it was, it was a needless penalty to give away at the death. Um, but the Aki's challenge and King didn't really wasn't punished, but he do, again, there were just a couple of silly penalties by Connacht, and and again, it was all about taking chances. You know, and at the start of the second half, that kick was charged down the scarlets. managed to get a try in the corner, and that sort of swung momentum in the game.
0: Yeah, you got like the, the, the one thing I would say about like you, you mentioned that we look very good in attack, but we didn't have that final clinical edge that the scarlets mm-hmm. have. That when you get into the, reset, the red zone, you create space. Yeah. The space crater all over because the lines of running, the angles running, the handling, like. It was something I noticed in the warm-up. Connacht players were passing the ball to each other. The Scarlets players were putting the ball in
2: front mm. of the man, which that half a yard makes all the difference. Yeah, and I think what the Scarlets had today is was Regan King turning the clock back a little bit yeah. in the centre. You know, I mean, one of the best players I've seen. Um,
1: yeah. play. my He's favourite opposition player in ever. Um,
2: Regan's, you know, Regan's thirty-five now, and he'll admit himself is <laughs> obviously his legs aren't what they used to be, but. The line he hit for that Michael Collins tie was just superb and some of his handling um and just his eye for the gap and it's just it just that makes a huge difference in tight games. And I think yeah, to see Regan play like he did today was just fantastic. Yeah we're we're very good at making our opposition players look really good.
1: <laughs> hey, how does a guy called Michael Collins from New Zealand end up have, having Welsh qualifications? Yeah. I don't know if you know your Irish history but uh, yeah.
2: you should Irish. he should be Irish. he Irish definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, he's actually Welsh qualified. And yeah. He came over here from Otago and he's uh, he's made a big impression in fairness he came over as a centre really because Scott Williams is injury and likely to be out for the season. So um uh, he came over to cover centre but has slotted in at full back. Um, and done a fine job as well, you know. So um is that is that something you know, this, this is a classic case of you know,
0: The Southern Hemisphere rugby players are, Just seem to be that little bit above Most of what we create up here In the Northern Hemisphere For me, a lot of it comes down to the fact That they have seasons that's much better structure Than our season Where you know we, we start the season in the Pro 12 Then we go to the Hague And then we drop down to the Pro 12 Then we're at the International Then down again, up and down You're going, gee, you guys don't get a chance To really just play the same level of rugby For a number of weeks on end To get up to a certain high level And play the game at a better level or is it is it something that you know I certainly believe is is the you know the pitch this this week was the first time we got more than two line breaks in three weeks mm. because the, yeah, the, you know, Healy, Healy last week couldn't run last week. He yeah. kept falling down. Neil Lokum was the
2: same. He struggled yeah. last week because of the state of the pitch. But your pitch today was in good good nick. Concerning about the rain, you yeah, guys have had. Yeah, yeah it's, it was. As I said the Connacht Scarlets games has always been entertaining in affairs. You know, and yeah, this this was a great game, and it could have gone either way. It does, you know, it does. It, you expected it to come down to a referee indecision decision, and it did in the end. And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, Yeah, fair play to Stephen Shingler for nailing that kick. Yeah, uh, yeah. meanwhile, it took a lot. lot, Yeah, Yeah, fairness to him. He had trouble with that last kick, was it? He was, was a Cardiff or He missed the match win against the Ospreys That came up oh, yeah. in
1: the interview. We we'll listened yeah, to that yeah. in
2: a sec Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, obviously, he had a kick to win against you know the local rivals yeah. in a in a, in front of a capacity crowd. So that you know, as he said, he, it took a couple of days to get over that. But you know, in fairness to him, that's the job of a goal kicker to put that to one side. And uh, yeah, well, he's he, a young player, and he's he's definitely coming on.
0: And, and that's what both teams are quite young. Both teams are, are on the younger side of of the thing. And that they, you know, you'd like to see them both kicking on. And that's as you say, challenge. And the, the status quo in the, in the Pro 12 and moving on next year and really sort of getting into Europe.
1: Just to be clear, Steve Shingler did say he would nearly swap the kicks around. We'd, we'd, be, happy yeah, we'd be happy if, happy if he that. wants to swap yeah, that around. Yeah, we, 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 we should both write letters to the Pro 12 there. Uh, final thoughts. First of all, have to ask you, yeah, are Wales going to teach Ireland a bit of a lesson now in a couple of weeks' time?
2: I don't know. It's it's a tough one to call Wales Island, isn't it? Because, yeah. uh, um, I mean, you sort of, both sides have got their injury issues. Um, Wales, look like they're getting some familiar faces back. Liam Williams might play against Connacht uh, in Galway to try and try and prove his fitness obviously Henshaw is is close to coming Mm. back for Ireland as well. Um, Pack looks pretty settled with Wales at the moment you know and they're hoping to get Warburton. We expect Lidia to be back as well. Falata will be back. So you know, Allen wins at the top of his game at the moment. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, um, Charters has been playing regularly for us in, So front row sort of takes takes care of itself. So yeah, Wales are looking pretty settled. Jonathan Davis is getting regular game time with Clement, so he'll be back in. Biggers playing obviously ten. Um, so yeah, Wales are pretty settled. sign so that back three is a little bit of, of an issue. Um, if, if Liam Williams isn't fit, who plays at full-back? That, that, that's the issue there. But again, at Ireland, after their World Cup disappointment, I don't know, I mean, obviously, they're the, the Six Nations champions and you expect them to go in strong, but it'll be interesting to see how they react after after that disappointment against Argentina in the World Cup.
1: We're just wondering who we'll have left on. pitch. finally, you're not yeah. going to get to go at this time,
2: I'm not unfortunately I love Galway and I would love to be going but no unfortunately I won't be The, the
1: Pro 12 needs to just go up in stature and then we'll get them all <laughs> travelling again yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey listen thanks for joining no us no you get back I'm to good to, to see Rob. you Rob Thank you Big thanks to Rob for joining us also Rob was interviewing Steve Shingler afterwards Steve who kicked the winning penalty for the Scarlets having missed one against the Ospreys a few weeks ago uh, certainly a happy chap afterwards well worth it listen. to this interview
3: I think there's a few a few times this season where I've um, been asked to step up. Um, yeah, it's the fourth, three out of four, so I'll I'll probably swap one or two of them for the Osprey's one. <laughs> but um, no, I think you'd rely on your technique, I think it may be yeah. one of the first involvements I had in the game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you back your technique, you've probably kicked yeah. them a couple of thousand times. So yeah, it was, wasn't an easy one, it wasn't a hard one, I just got through it really.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're
3: coming in cold, aren't you? Because as I said, that was your first kick and, uh, yeah, you know, you're on the field. Yeah, and, uh, it's been a bit of a funny spell for myself. um having less game time uh, than, I want, mm. than I want. But, yeah, so, um, I suppose it's my job to take the take yeah. the kicks and the crucial one. And luckily enough, it helped us get a win. Yeah,
2: how important
3: is that kick in terms of the context of the season? Yeah, um, well, Really. I'm not sure where we are in the league now with um Tapia yeah, Lentsa, I think they, they got a given in hand so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it'll be um it'll be close and every every point counts really. Um we got Corning away next in the league where I'm sure they feel a bit um aggrieved with the two decisions, maybe the fourth official. Mm-hmm. Um so we got a tough challenge there and it keeps on getting tougher, I think, from the the away games we got in the um over the course mm-hmm. of the, the latter part of the season. So it's gonna be tough. Um I think the boys are of the challenge for a lot of work in, um, throughout to get to this stage yeah. we don't really let us slip now it
2: must be great though when you once you've hit that kick and then you can hear the crowd cheering behind you it must be a great feeling yeah
3: it? it's a bit of a contrast between the, the Ospreys one where I was zooming gloom for a couple of days and and yeah. going home happy now <laughs> yeah
2: is that tough though after that Ospreys uh,
3: yeah kick? it is tough um yeah, I spoke to Steve, I think he's had one or two kicks again in yeah. his career. I spoke to Lee Halfpenny and um, Liam Williams' is a part of afterwards and he no, right. reminded me about the Lions in the World Cup and he said, we've all been there, and just got to get on with it and yeah. back your process next when next yeah. it comes. And luckily enough for me, it's coming sooner rather than later, really, And you, you remember your last kick, so mm. I can hopefully push the, the Austries one behind me now. Lee did tell you where he's going next season,
4: <laughs> No, I
5: thought it. it, it,
2: And next week, you're playing Racing, who could have a certain pl- uh, number 10 there mm-hmm. in opposition. How, how much would you enjoy that challenge if it happened?
3: Yeah, I'd, I'd, obviously, I'd, I'd love to. I'm actually reading his book at the moment. I, yeah. Yeah, oh, I right. miss yeah. this guy for Christmas. Right. So enjoying it. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll be playing against one of, one of my heroes. Yeah. Um, probably try to get his top off the game If, um, yeah. if you give it to me <laughs> um, No, it's, it's one yeah. of those um, pinch yourself moments uh, You watch him so many times on the TV Tri-Nations World Cup um, If I could do one over him as well Get a yeah. tackle on him <laughs> Be nice, but no, looking forward to it.
1: The voice of Steve Shingler uh, Like his style, calm, relaxed, funny uh, Rob tried to catch him out in the question, wasn't 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 budging. I was just waiting for him to blurt it out. That was funny. where's Lee half penny going, but more more interesting than that is he's reading Dan Carter's book and he's playing him next week.
0: Yeah, his his childhood hero. <laughs> he is young. I didn't realise Dan was quite that old. <laughs> yeah.
1: You suddenly realised we were both in, the, uh, in Christchurch watching him play probably one of his greatest ever games uh, in the Lions Tour. Actually, correct myself, probably his greatest ever game was in Wellington in that tour in the second test. He was yeah. phenomenal that day. You weren't there, I was. You had to stay out of that game. You only had two tickets.
0: Yeah, yeah, I watched that game with my, my daughter having watched uh, been in the, in Auckland for the first game and my wife and my son saw the second game in Wellington live while we watched it in a local pub. Um, but yeah, he was phenomenal that day. Carter was just amazing and, and he seems to have brought Rassing up another level.
1: Alan's then 11-year-old daughter, Cassie, was sitting uh, alongside us uh, in Christchurch on a very wet night and I still remember as we watched the ball, Cassie going, Dad, they picked up Brian O'Driscoll. They picked him up and they, they they turned him over and they dumped him and we were like, where, what? Oh, he's on the ground. Ah, he's OK, he's OK, Cassie, he's fine. <laughs> what are you talking about? And then we saw the replay a bit later.
0: Well... Four days later, I think of course, it was. Yeah,
1: because you didn't have any stadium replays. We just heard about it, didn't we?
0: Yeah, we did. And, and the, the Kiwi fans were all complaining about the Lions coaching staff complaining about the tackle and the, the lack of um, decision by the referee and what should have been done about it. And the problem was that nobody in New Zealand saw the replay of what happened until I think it was the Wednesday after the game. And all of a sudden, the whole fans changed. They all didn't like it, they didn't like what they'd seen and were a little bit sympathetic towards what had happened but unfortunately the Lions coaching staff had made a bit too much of it
1: a bit too much of it, yeah. It was a, a toxic tour at times. Hey, but it was brilliant for the fans. Yeah, nice little memory. Anyways, we're back on track. Dan is playing Clenetly next week. He's not playing Connacht. Connacht have lost tonight. Coming up in the closing stages of the podcast from this uh, restaurant here in the middle of Clenetly, we're going to look at some of the tweets that you sent us because we asked for your questions afterwards. we got loads. Thanks a million for that. And then we'll finish off the podcast. Let's start with the questions. Alan, uh, first question. How badly are we missing Danny Pullman, who many people might not know was the 24th man tonight?
0: He was, yeah, carrying the water on was uh, pretty active. So he's looking as though he's pretty close to fitness. Um, yeah, his finishing was, you know, was has been missed. He's been scoring quite a lot of tries for us this season. Um, and yeah, you, you just missed a little bit of calmness and, and quality lines that he takes in order to you know take opposition out of the game especially when we had so much possession and we weren't able to turn it into points
1: Chris O'Brien asked that question and he specifically asked how badly were missing his finishing and like, I think it was something like five tries in six games before his latest in- injury he's in good form after the game just challenged him brief or said a quick hello to him, but he seems in good spirits and I think he's probably well aware that he's going to probably start the next two games mm-hmm. and it might keep his try scoring flowing if he can keep it going so like this brief game is interesting from that point of view Emmett McNamara good question here uh, lost the game ourselves, but how will the league ever be taken seriously if it doesn't address poor officiating? Which is a fairly balanced question there from Emmett because you know he's saying, Look, we made our own mistakes, but at the same time, week after week, nonsense decisions from TMOs who aren't even referees at the professional level.
0: Yeah, it seems incredible that the TMOs have been brought in to solve problems of you know dodgy decisions or decisions that are you know a little bit tougher for the referee. Two decisions tonight the referee wanted to give tries and two decisions the, the TMO turned over one appeared to be turned over correctly but the second one wasn't um, it would be good to get them maybe into teams as William has mentioned on times before where you put them into teams of four and it appears to be doing that in, in, in England just looking at a couple of the Premiership games and one week you see a referee doing something and you've got an assistant referee on the side and next week they've swapped over so they seem to be doing it that way in the Premiership and they certainly seem to be doing it in the Champions Cup um, so it would be nice if we had and maybe this is where the lack of money comes in that we just the, our league just doesn't have the money We don't have the, we don't have the number of people coming through the turnstiles as the as they, like I think what I think it was what is 26,000 at Leicester or was it something I think it was 26,000 at the Leicester Northampton game yesterday we just don't get those sort of figures at league games and you know it, it's a money issue and it's something that money needs to be helped with um, I don't know how we, we solve it but maybe we can get some sort of sponsorship I don't know
1: Possibly, spec savers up their money. A- anyone know of a good druid to remove the curse that seems to be on us when it comes to officials' decisions? That's from jo- John McGreevy. Do you know any good druids?
0: Uh, I don't know any druids. Never mind, yeah. good druids. You know, would take any sort of druid that would that would help us along at this stage.
1: Yeah, if you want to just pretend you're a druid, people, let's just give it a shot. Um, Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that Northampton Leicester game. That was a classic game yesterday. Anyways, back on track. The Healy call was correct, Discarding to Tom O'Neill. Masterson's one should have been given. I agree with you 100%, Tom. Looking at it again, Healy knocked that ball on. So unlucky. Wouldn't it be one of the top tries of the season from Connick with all the moves and the lead-up to it? It was brilliant rugby, but uh, good decision. Masterson won, horrendous decision. As someone pointed out, not only did he not knock it on, he knocked it backwards after he scored the try, and then he touched it down for, you know, a try. And the TMO overruled the referee, um... But I, I like this from Tom and, and he said, "Don't blame the referee." In another tweet, but like, you know, we dealt with it against Munster, and that was the big story. Bad decision, dreadful penalty try called against Connacht, and they just got on with it, and they have to get on.
0: And I think for the most part, we did tonight as well, because we got ourselves into a position to get a win in penalty. We got the win in penalty, we thought, but then made a silly mistake and didn't didn't quite finish it out. I'd like to have seen us kick the ball down the field for that last play because a, a, a dirty range shower had happened in that last three or four minutes. We made the ball very slippy. Um, I know Scarlets looked better with the ball in hand and we would have given possession away. But having said that if we put the ball down the field and made them work themselves back into the game it could have just given us a bit of a lift and taken a little bit of pressure off.
1: At Chucky and Alba has pointed out rightly that Connacht uh, are Connacht improving or are they making losing look better and he says personally I think they have made big improvements and I think he's right there Uh, but he's saying are we all huff and puff with no bite we seem to create so much and finish little Um, that's Michael uh, as well by the way Chucky and Alba
0: yeah that seems a little bit harsh considering we're the second or third top try scorers in the league Um, I know we haven't done quite as well in the last two or three weeks but you know we created a number of scoring opportunities tonight again you know, one was taken away from us but we're not going to dwell on that we did create a lot more we got more line breaks this week we had more offloads this week than we've had in the last two or three weeks because the, the ground was you know, playable the, the pitch was playable and we got the ball moving a lot better than we had done hopefully now with the, the weather hopefully going to improve as the season moves on we'll go back to where we were earlier on in the season creating lots of scoring chances and then taking them
1: uh, Tom O'Neill also asked what's going on with Ronaldson form has dropped is it time to put him on the bench cover for 10 I thought he was very good today though
0: I thought he was excellent and, and, and a couple of the Welsh journalists were very impressed with the fact that you know we were able to have this left foot, right foot um, kicking uh, option on both sides of the field and like we pinned the Scarlets back in their own half because the guys had a chance to kick it because you know, the back row were never quite sure who was going to get the ball and both of them kicked for the most part both uh, himself and Carty kicked very well actually I thought Carty had one of his best games ever for Connacht
1: yeah, I agree 100%. Tuck Hardy was outstanding. He was in the zone. When he gets in the zone with the kicks, I was fairly confident he was going to nail that kick right again. the
0: end. Yeah, and, that, and I think that confidence comes from having Ronaldson there to be able to take the pressure off when needed. Um, you know, I, I'm, I know Ronaldson isn't making the same sort of breaks he was earlier in the season, but again, you know, people learn, people are watching us, the people are seeing what we're doing and they're putting us under a little bit more pressure. But I thought we did enough to win the game tonight and I thought he was part of it
1: the lads will forgive us who've asked us other questions about the referees because we don't want to overspend we are not spend too much time it, so yeah. we've covered it I hope and please keep the questions coming and appreciate it uh, we just want to keep tight on time poor Kelly has a, a controversial question perhaps uh, where are where are or, all our cool heads and leaders all the talent and skill but nothing up top is top, top six becoming a dream I think that's very harsh I, I, I think there was a lot of fight fighting Connick when things were going against them, and they kept coming back I kept wanting to kind of say well that's it now surely they slip. slipped points down, but back to Kane, back
0: to Kane Yeah, when you think about how, how well the Scarlet started the second half, getting 10 points putting themselves into a dominant position at home, with a you know a solid crowd behind them, of did incredibly well to you know put them back under pressure, yeah maybe we had a couple of passes that didn't go, that should have went at the right time, we had a couple of offloads that didn't quite make their man after some excellent breaks, but we put ourselves into a position where we were leading with less than three minutes to go, and we didn't quite didn't quite finish it off. Is that you know lack of cool heads? Maybe is it a lack of experience? Possibly, but then again, we didn't quite finish off a victory chance against Gloucester at the same same sort of scenario last year. Having said that, we are we're, we're miles better than we were last year in my eyes. We we weren't anywhere close to the scarlets last year.
1: Last question comes from Swift for Prez, the legend and big comic fan a big fan of our podcast as well. He just was wondering about captaincy. Should John Muldoon be club captain and? Maybe some li- someone like Tom or Nathan, I think you mentioned, uh, uh, correct myself, Tom Alley or Jay Keenan even, uh, as on-field captain, which is an interesting qu- conversation. I mean, in a week we're, you know, we're all talking about John Maldon being such a hero to the province, and he's coming back near, in, for another year, and I think Swift is just wondering if there's kind of a room for two, two type of captains in the game.
0: Yeah, like I, I suppose you're looking for leadership across the field. I think we're getting better leadership across the field these days, Um you know, you, I I would worry the one the one thing that always worries me about John is his body language at times that you know throwing the arms in the air when decisions aren't going against him. It's not something that I would like to see in my captain. But his leadership, you know, he's going through brick walls and dying for his teammates. It's just unquestioned. Um, do we need another captain? I don't know. It's halfway through the season. It's a bit late to be doing something like that.
1: We had a quite good game today as well John and a good week for us as he was yeah. outstanding
0: he? oh yeah he was excellent
1: ok thanks for the questions folks that was brilliant uh, we'll do that again and another away game we have other little features to come but I, right now we need to hear from the post game press conference I spoke to uh, first of all Pat Lamb so you hear that and then you're going to hear an interview with Tierney O'Halloran uh, you know defiant enough in terms of the performances that the team have been putting in I think rightly so too uh, so well worth a listen Pat, the first thing people will say after game is, "Our coach Pat Lamb's going to be seeding with that one." Are you, or how how you feeling about twenty five minutes afterwards?
5: Well, I think um, you know more disappointed, gutted uh, after the game. Um, you know, certainly a game we we could have won and could have and should have won. You know, quite comfortably. Um, but we have to go back and look at the things that we. Uh, that we could control the things we didn't do quite well. There's a lot of good play out there. Um, unfortunately, we didn't. We had a lot of try scoring opportunities, and um, we didn't quite finish them off. And you know, Jack did great to get us. Uh, the, you know, the kick over. We got ahead with three minutes to go, and you know, it's disappointing to give it away at the end.
1: Positives far outweigh the negatives in the performance. Like.
5: Yeah, it is. I mean, that's. I think. We'll go back, and I said before the game, we're both, these, both teams. That, you know, although we're we've all on, you know, coming off losses, the game's could have easily gone the other way. So we knew that it's uh, both teams are playing well. It's just a case of uh, you know, uh, uh, get it getting over. And I thought we had it, but uh, and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of effort, a lot of hard work going on in there. And uh, you know, we're, we're all disappointed because I think there's things that we points we gave away easily and points we we missed.
1: I've never had a four-game losing streak in the pro twelve quite like this one, where in each and every game you can pick out large amounts of the area where Connick were the better side and yet they're coming out with defeats. How do you keep the confidence in the players? How do you keep them believing that they're doing the right things and they need to stick at it?
5: Well I think the boys know themselves. I think they come straight in. I think the greatest tool that I always says is self awareness and mm. boys will come off and they'll don't know geez we did this well, this should have happened and, and part of the way we, we do everything every week is is, is that process. So um, and and you know, we concentrate on each session, so you know it's been all, all these. We've had some tremendous training weeks, and you know, and I think we come away from this game thinking, geez, you know, again, we we uh, we didn't quite get there, but we're not far off. And you know, when we look at the teams we're playing and uh, and the, the quality of the competition and the internationals, we you know, the boys are doing a, are doing a great job, and but we're not far off there. 65% possession, we're here
1: in 60% uh, territory as well. All those stats, maybe chances not taken, especially before half time. That was a great opportunity, put two scores between sides.
5: The yeah, there was. I mean, we, we we felt that. We just said if we, we can get that one more score, you know, we scored a great try there. We just missed out. I thought Matt Healy's one was you know, desperate and lucky there. And uh, but we we cut him open quite 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 well a few times. And yeah, we just needed that one more to get some daylight. And um, you know, in the second half too, we came out at 10-3, and uh, you know, silly. We um, I think we. We knocked them over behind the line. We got the ball back, and then I think uh, we, the play we ran was set up perfectly. And unfortunately, uh, we got it was a forward pass. We got our timing wrong, and um, and then off that scrum we we didn't defend it well. And then we gave a penalty to the away line up and we gave a you know. Easy penalty away, three points, and that's probably summed up the game. How it, you know, we gave away some soft soft points
1: Saturday night in France now. Is that
5: what you need after that? Or is oh, I think it's um, you know, that that's said You'd be able to get back on the horse get straight away. You know, we got a massive game in brief because of what happened in Newcastle and the way the pool is. We we need to uh, get over there and get a win. So, you know, we just got to dust ourselves off, do the review, and then get ready for uh, uh, you know, a tough encounter in brief. And just one
1: other question just that all Masterson try. That's the one we'd be picking out. I mean, I'm sure you don't want to too much on it, but it did. Like it, it's tougher when you see those calls in the video. It looks like it's a try.
5: Yeah, I mean, we. Yeah, you know, I think we agree. Everyone, everyone, by the team agrees. But that's uh, that's part of the process that needs to go through, and and uh, I'm not involved in that.
1: Thanks, Pat. Turning a lot of talk, obviously about. Kind of being so unlucky, decisions going against them. Can you just take me into a dressing room? You said yourself, you try not to focus on it. If you know the supporters are going to be focusing on
4: it, yeah, absolutely. And obviously, it's easy to talk about those things when you come out, you know, in a, in a, in a small margin like that. When you come on the wrong side of it, but um, I think it's it's really important as a team if if you start to dwell on those things, especially in the middle of a game, and you start getting annoyed, it will affect your game. You know, so I think that was the main thing at halftime, just saying you kind of have to take the positives from it that we had created those opportunities and, and yes, there was one or two tries maybe that we could have scored as well. So um, you can't get bogged down on it because it'll affect your performance and, and then you're just going to get caught out and, and they'll score tries against you. So, you know, it, it, there has been a couple of games now where we felt decisions might have gone against us, but it, it, it might be easy for supporters or people on the outside thinking that's going to have a big effect, but in the dressing room and as, as a team together, you really have to just stay strong and not focus on that and just focus, focus on the next phase, you know. Um, I just keep it going because if you keep keep dwelling it'll just affect you The last four games
1: I've never known anything like a losing streak where Connacht have played so well in every game at different points it's not like you haven't made mistakes but at the same time last few minutes of every game you've looked like in a position to win it you know uh, can you draw a lot of solace from that?
4: Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's why I don't really, you know, we're not really reading into these losing streaks yeah. at all. It, it's been a few really tough games for us against mm-hmm. quality opposition, and a couple of games away from home, and in, in tough, tough uh, weather conditions as well. So um, I think, you know, as I said earlier, there's a really big confidence there in the squad, and we're not. It's a disappointed dressing room, but you're always going to be disappointed when you lose a, a tough game like that against a quality side. So you know, we're still building, we still back ourselves. We've got two weeks now on the European, which again, that's a, a, a main focus for us as well. You know, we we want to top that group and, and get a home quarter final. So they're big games for us. Coming up, and every game's a big game at this stage of the season in, in the situation we're in now. So, we just need to keep building what we're doing, and, and there's a massive confidence there that we'll, we'll get it right.
1: Big kicking game today, felt kind of came out on top of it. They put a lot of balls down, down on top of you, you came but countered well, and, and some of the kicking from, like, Jack Cardi, for example, was outstanding.
4: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I suppose even though it was maybe dry at times, it's it's that greasy ball can be qu- uh, quite tricky to deal with. So, um, we felt you know, if we just stayed in that kicking battle, that we would come out in the right areas because maybe at times this year we tried to force it or try to run it from the wrong areas of the pitch, and we got caught out once or twice so there's a big focus on our exits today and, and playing in the right areas because you know against a quality team like Scarlets if you turn the ball over in your own half they'll punish you. So um yeah I think you know Jacko and Jacko and Craig kicked really well today and it was important to that's you know, it's another part of the game that we're we're still working on and you know we've got this kicking game, an expansive game and we've got game for wet weather as well so it's it's just you know we're always mixing it up and we just have to adjust to the game.
1: It's where you can focus on one one player in rugby Rowan and gave away a penalty at the end. What's it like in the dressing room? How do you pick him up? I'm sure I'm sure no one's gonna blame him or, or blame anyone really for
4: the way that you finish it. No, not at all. You know, yeah. the, you, I don't think that's the way it goes in rugby. You don't... Just because that was the last play of the game, or sorry, towards the end of the game, he, he don't put that in locks at the end of the day. There was play after that, we got the ball back after that, and we didn't, we didn't capitalise and get points after that. We can see the tries at, at times as well. People make mistakes, and we can see the tries. So if you're always playing the person that gives away a penalty like that at the end, that's just, that's just not the way it goes. Obviously, he'll be a bit down because he thinks he's let down the side, but that's not the way rugby is. You know, everyone sticks together, and we're, we're a big family team here, so we won't be putting the blame on anyone. And we just know that we had the opportunities to score tries, and we just really, really, at this stage of the season, in tight games like this, we need to capitalise and score those tries.
1: You seem to this season just to finish have a real centre, sense of where the centre is. You don't seem to be knocked off stride too easily, and you don't seem knocked off stride this evening either.
4: Yeah, absolutely. You know, maybe at times in the past or a few years ago, if we were, if we can see the tries like that at, at the start of the second half, we might just completely follow the game. Whereas now there's just that big belief. If, if we can see the try, it's just we know it's just a simple mistake, and we will just keep on battling and and we we'll get into the game because we trust the structures that's there. You know, so um, there's a big confidence, as I said, and, and you have, you're going to have setbacks in every game you play. You're not going to keep scoring tries and and be pumped. <coughs> the pumping teams and with the quality of teams that are playing in this league you know so you really have to just focus on the positives all the time and just keep it going keep it going and look we're, we're fully backing ourselves that we'll, uh, we'll get this right and we'll start getting some wins
1: final, final, final segment of the podcast. What can we cover? So much to cover. We wanted to mention
0: that this and Owen Masterson and his attitude which is fantastic. The, you know, it's two weeks in a row now we've seen him put his body on the line. Something to the C standard Stander's been looking for from Munster players and Owen Masseson's doing it for, ours. for us. That's at least three times we've seen him diving on loose balls, putting his body on the line when, you know, anything could be hacked or kicked or whatever and he doesn't care. He goes for it. He dives on it. Fantastic attitude. Do
1: you know what he reminds me of? the game hungry hungry hippo it's, it's that's the way he is when he dies out for a ball it's like what the ball's loose no it's not loose anymore
0: yeah absolutely no he's the, the, the hungry shows is phenomenal and it's great to see and the desire he has is, is is just brilliant our young players are you know coming on in leaps and bounds this year and it, it's you know people are one of the questions you know are we improving from last year and I think we're miles ahead of where we were last year not only with points on the board in the equivalent fixtures because even from last year we have an extra point than we did last, than you know in this equivalent game last year and around January time as well, the same yeah. time of year.
1: So uh, a fixture for fixture, exactly matched up. We're now 16 points better than we were last year, which is so encouraging.
0: It certainly is. And now we need to make this count and make it, you know, make all the, the excellent play we're, we're doing where we're, you know, getting good possession, controlling games for long periods and actually turning those, that possession and territory into points. That's our biggest thing. Try and force not only Not only force tries, but you know, try and force penalties. Get the the scoreboard taken over. And even if we have to start knocking the odd drop goal over, why not? It's points on the board. That's what matters.
1: Just before any other business, uh, statistics.
0: Yes. So, like you you look at the stats and the fact we had 65% possession and 60% or 65% territory, 60% possession. They had they had more offloads than we had. They had more line breaks than we had. They had more players beaten than we had, and much less possession. Um, So that's something we need to learn from. We need to make this possession count. It's not just about having the ball. It's not just about having territory. Points have to go on the board. They were clinical when they got into our, our half of the field. When they had scoring opportunities, I think they took practically every one of them. Something we need to learn and something we are learning
1: one thing losing bonus point today same weekend that Edinburgh beat Treviso at home and don't get a four try bonus point do not underestimate the importance of all these bonus points Connacht have picked up five points now from games they lost which is a whole other win
0: it is yeah and it's it's something we need to we just need to make sure and and it was something I was very impressed with how calm Pat was after the game that you know he he keeps going on about the process and we're learning we're taking the process we've got quite a young side and the younger guys are stepping up and taking more control and we just need to if we can get you know I'd be looking at on that display playing at home with a you know with a hopefully at least we'd, let, we'd have at least one win between now and then possibly two wins whereas the Scarlets are going to play two very very tough games in Northampton and Rassing I think it is isn't it yeah of course it is yeah um, you know they could be coming off two more losses coming to the sports ground with a raucous crowd hopefully half decent conditions there's no reason why we can't not only win the game but even get a bonus point out of it now that the you know now that we're we're getting back into better weather, better ground, you know, and hopefully the likes of Danny back, Robbie back, Dennis Buckley back. You know, we're doing all this without these guys.
1: Packy, William, Lindley, myself, we all drew the short straw this week. Well, I am going to go to both games, but you know, the poor lads have to go to breathe and you're sitting here in Killinettley, you lucky man.
0: I know, I know. You know, and, and when we asked about where's the best place to go and have fun in Clunetly, we were told Swansea. So, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That happens. Anyways, on um, well, any other business.
0: Uh...
1: Do you want me to go for a- because I have one.
0: Yeah, go
1: for it. Newspapers need to survive. We all want them to survive. I'm a journalist. We're all under pressure. Uh, they need to get a bit more creative in their previews of matches in the Pro 12, for example. You know, everything you've put in a paper, you got to strive to be proud of it. you got to strive to make sure it's unique and different. If you're just copying copying and pasting quotes from press releases, as most national papers are, they're all guilty of it, and you're co- copying and pasting stats. I'll give you one stat. In every paper, it was mentioned that Nia who scored the only try for Connacht in the game, against the Scars last year that was copied straight from the Connick press release and like in referencing Connick's worst performance in 2015 they didn't mention that it was the worst performance they didn't mention that we were hammered they didn't mention that it was a no-show if anyone had just done the cursory glance at the performance from last year they would have also noted that here is a game and here is a venue last year where Connick didn't show up Uh, will they show up this year they would have looked at some of the dynamics of the changes that Connick have made Uh, players coming back is Danny Pullman available when they haven't picked him are they resting him for brief anything just be more creative you know don't just throw on on the Wayne Pivot quotes at the end and the Pat Lamb quotes at the beginning. The Welsh papers, a few of them did the same thing. We gotta do better in journalism. We gotta do better.
0: Yeah, because it's it's not just rah-rah stuff. You know, it can't be just rah rah stuff. connect the right to highlight the positives even in a game like that. They are they are correct in doing that. That's that's what they need to do. They need to throw the positives out. But you want journalists to be journalists and come out and, and, and say okay yeah that's a stat but you know what was the reality of the situation it's not too much to ask for I don't think but maybe it is
1: but um, anyways I don't know if it's going to change but sure we make a rant have you got a rant yeah, before boat. you go brief preview be nice to win it would be nice to win
0: yeah, but and, I, I, and myself
1: um, and Packy are aiming for another four hour lunches we managed in Dax back in 2008 remember that one
0: Tux, yeah. What a great trip that was. We
1: sat in the same restaurant outside in what we would have called Scorchio temperatures, but the locals called coat-wearing temperatures. We were in shorts and t-shirts. I think it was probably about 17 degrees. We were like, over love it. And uh, we sat there so long that after we had our mid-morning brunch, we decided, well, it's lunchtime now. We may as well have that as well.
0: Yeah, straight all the way through. It was, yeah, because that was a pretty bad, some bad weather. We left in Ireland at the time, if I remember rightly. Um, so, well, it was lovely we're sitting there in our shorts and t-shirts on the, the boardwalk in Dax and, and all these French ladies walking by in collars up on their coats because they, they were so cold but um, you know, it's everyone's to their own I suppose. Up to some sun,
1: some outside eating and breathing. Hopefully Connick can get a win. there will be a good atmosphere. It'll be a good test. I know the likes of George now who James Conley. Guys like that are coming back. We'll see Shane De La Hunt I'd say as well. Danny Pullman should get some game time. Ash McGinty will probably get some out half game time. Who knows? Caelan Blade might be back. Uh, Peter Robb. We've been liking what we saw from him we'll get a look at him lots to be positive
0: right? yeah yeah you'd expect Sean O'Brien to possibly start Um, you know there's a lot and he came on and and did quite well today I think we were there was was I know John again was remonstrating with the ref because I think he was down injured near the end of the game and I think it was a tip tackle again something else that was missed you know there was seen on one side but not seeing on the other I didn't quite see it but I certainly saw uh, there was definitely a remonstration about the fact the reason he was on the ground was because he had been tipped in a, in a tackle so you know again these are things that happen away from home it has to be said
1: Jake Keenan went off with what looked like a little bang to the leg let's hope it was just a stinger and he's okay I saw him back on the pitch afterwards just kind of stretching it
5: out so I'm hopeful
0: yeah, he seemed to I think it's yeah, like it's the, the pitch was quite heavy. You know, it was it was solid but there was a, a heaviness to it. There was a number of players on both sides, you know, went down with cramp near the end of the game. I think his was slightly more than that, but it could be just a muscle thing where, you know, he was asked to play a long time. But the fact that uh, Andrew Brown had gone off so early in the game meant that, you know, substitutions didn't quite happen as early as they may have, they may have done because they were worried about covering Ali, who had been taken off early in the last two games, so that Jake might have taken off a little bit later than he might have wanted.
1: Time for
0: your, any other business, Alan? Yeah, my, my rant this week is is um, on the fact that you know we, we Don Lennon wrote an excellent article last week talking about how are they or if you're going to support the provinces because the, the success Ireland has has come from the provinces and I wanted him to finish off the rest of that analysis by saying, of course, on the provinces, especially Munster, their success came from the clubs, but he didn't. He left it at that, and it's you know it's it's something that you know needs to be highlighted. The real to me, a, a real problem with academies is that the guys who go into the academy strut around the place with their, their tops on going, look at me, I'm an academy player, I'm a Leinster player, I'm a Munster player, I'm a Ulster player, I'm a Connacht player, look at me. Um, whereas, and they're not getting enough game time, real game time, in games that matter. The A-game system, as far as I'm concerned, is just a waste of time. It really is. I don't see them playing A-games down in the Southern Hemisphere, to my knowledge. I don't think there's A-games for the same quality. It's been played in England for the last 20 years. And what's it got them? Nothing. Loads of B-plus
1: see. players, as we said the last night.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Loads of certain type of player that are, you know, solid player, But it, it doesn't mean anything. You know, you had Pontypril coming over last year and they were fantastic with brilliant fans. And now they've got, the, you know, the Dragons B team and whatever. There, there's no bite. There's no... It doesn't mean anything. There's no... And how can young players learn what it means to win a game what it means what it takes to win a game when you're playing against gnarled old guys who you know want to go and win want to have something to play for want something that matters winning an AIL would matter because you know there's a history behind it Munster teams won it for 5-6 years in a row Munster clubs well, Shannon won it 3 or 4 times Gary Owen won it I think and then Cork Con the Munster team was built on that there's none of them players left now And then you had the situation, as I say, a couple of weeks back in Munster when we beat them, we're standing in the tunnel afterwards waiting for you to come out from your thing, watching some Munster players going through, sort of humming tunes to themselves and whatever, and I'm going, wait a minute, you've just been beaten by Connacht, you you should be gutted, and there's no sign of it. And then you watch how they played that game in Paris and how quickly their heads dropped and some of the, the, the shock and tackling that was going on. And you can see why Alan Quinlan's getting so frustrated and so annoyed. But it does come back down to the core, it's still a club game. It has to be about the club game that's where you grow your base from not you know not schools into academies I think there's place for both of them I think the club game needs more
1: you played a key role in the website that I set up knockon.ie that we had to shut down four months ago because we just couldn't find the traction we couldn't get a sit down meeting with the IRF even to talk about it and talk about them investing they couldn't even get back to us to chat to us It's really demoralising. I haven't said too much about it and I don't want to just be bitter because life goes on and I've got other stuff to be doing. But we were gutted to have to let it go because we love doing it and we love covering club rugby and it's where our heart and soul is as much as we enjoy covering club Yeah. Um... And just, just there's no traction there with the Irish you...
0: Yeah, and it's it, it's sad to see. You know that that's where the heart of the game is. Like, where where have all the the Munster fans, the the greatest fans in the world, gone? You know, they they were the bandwagoners who jumped on because they were doing well. Now they're all gone. And and the,
1: and the club guys aren't there because they were kind of edged abandoned. away. Yeah.
0: yeah, they were abandoned because it, you know. And it's 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 trying to get the balance right. I'm not saying everything is about the club, but it's trying to get yeah. a better balance about it's the whole thing.
1: We need most of the Irish rugby fans to be provincial supporters and and national team supporters because that's where that's the show. That's yeah. the big show. Yeah, exactly. that heart and soul as
0: well? You know, I've got a situation now where, you know, my, my lad's moved up to Dublin, he's playing a bit of rugby up there, and I can't find, because he's not playing AIL, I can't find where his team are in the league. I can't find, you know, th- there's no league table. I can't get myself around the Leinster website. I've been working in IT for nearly 30 years, and I can't find my way around the Leinster website to tell me where the table is. All I want to know is what position they're in. Something that knock used to provide, just like that.
1: Yeah, alright, that's enough. Aren't we great? But at the same time, we are frustrated. Look, it's the first time we mentioned it and we're in how many podcasts did, so I think we'll get away with it this week. You'll forgive us. That's it folks. But I just want to say one last thing. Well done, Ulster. Can't wait to go home and watch that comeback. That sounds fantastic. It's and it's brilliant. just good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Can't wait to see that one. That's great, again, great for Irish rugby. Irish rugby's not Leinster and Munster. It's four
1: provinces. Yeah, keep it going, Ulster. And keep it going, Leinster and Munster as well, if you can. Well, no, Munster, don't keep it going, because if you keep it going, you're going nowhere.
4: Exactly.
1: Out of here. That's it folks. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. With William, Pocky, Lily and myself in a car, heading from Carcassonne to breathe.
0: Sounds like it's going to be fun. Sure is.